The following is a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. Get ready, Baltimore. It's time for some super slams and beatdowns. We've got the cheap shots and the clean finishes. Watch out for the chair. Oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> this is Top of the Road. Your Monday night wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, here's the enforcer. Baltimore's own, Kill Kuda Jr. Welcome to Top of the Rope. I'm coming to you live directly from being in Philly for Extreme Rules. I was there last night. Philly, thanks for having me. I will admit, I know most of you are good people. I have nothing against you. But I did check my car before I left, given that I have a Raven sticker on the back of it. I was I, I had to make sure. Some of y'all, you know, it, it depends. But I was okay. No worries. But here's, uh, here's how we're going to start things off. Because there were three pretty big shows this weekend. Actually, four, if you count New Japan, because they did two of them. And that is AEW had Fight for the Fallen. And then WWE had two shows this weekend. First, they put Evolve's 10th anniversary show on the WWE Network. Now, what Evolve is, I I think the best way to describe it is a Jersey promotion. It's been around for a while, obviously, 10-year anniversary. And a lot of WWE superstars and guys from a lot of other big-time promotions, not that Evolve is small-time by any means, got their start in Evolve. But the real reason WWE did the Evolve special is because it was on the same night as AEW's Fight for the Fallen. At the exact same time. So they wanted to have something to compete with them. Now, I watched AEW. I didn't watch Evolve. Now, I had my two TV system going. I had AEW on one screen, and I had UFC Fight Night on the other. I got to be honest. I looked at UFC a lot more than I thought I would. Look, I got no, no issues with AEW. Some of your fans, eh. But the promotion, I got no issues with you. But your show was the worst show of the weekend. It was. AEW was the worst show of the weekend. Evolve was a better show than AEW. Extreme Rules was a way better show than AEW. And I'm not just saying that because I was there in person. I'm saying that because it was. It is a fact. It was a better show. New Japan's two nights of G1 action were better than AEW. And why am I taking this opinion? Why? Well, because that is the theme of the show. The show is AEW is forcing the issue. Somebody asked me on Twitter, what issue are they forcing? I'll tell you what issue they're forcing. The issue they're forcing is that they are not WWE. That's what they're really trying to push. At the end of their show, Cody Rhodes said, you cannot counter-program what AEW is doing. I guarantee you, Vince McMahon looked and went, do you know who you're dealing with? Cody. 
do you know who you're dealing with? And they don't. I don't think they know who they're dealing with, even though a lot of them have worked for the guy. And here's to fully answer that. WWE did not counter-program them. Yeah, they ran something at the same time. But first of all, they only sent a couple guys to have matches there. That's the first thing. But secondly, the show they had the next night, Extreme Rules, it was not counter-programming. It wasn't. It was just a better show. Extreme Rules was a better show. So I'm going to break down all three of those shows, tell you how good I think everything was. Also, you may experience random laughter from me because I'm going to be getting texts from everyone else in the Turnbuckle Topics Network, and I just might not be able to help myself. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. And of course, in the second segment at 620, I'm going to open up my phone lines. And please, I hope some of you try to defend your precious AEW. It seems like some of you are on the payroll, man. Come on. It was better than Extreme Rules. No, no, it wasn't. It was not better than Extreme Rules. Smaller house, halfway outdoors, didn't know how to time their own outro, and they had one match that was a straight-up dumpster fire. Five alarm. <laughs> it wasn't a, it was, that was a landfill blaze, man. It was ridiculous. I will get to it in detail, because we're going to start with AEW. Let's break this show down, shall we? Don't worry, I'm actually not going to torch all of it. I'm not. They had their moments, okay? So here we go. First, and I'm not going to go in any particular order here, but the match I'm going to start with is Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, who are the Lucha Brothers, took on Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian of SCU. Now, these guys actually did they did very well for themselves, and we shouldn't be surprised at that. The Lucha Brothers are some of the best going. There was one botched spot. Fine. We'll overlook it. Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian have this awesome chemistry. Look, these guys have been going at it with each other for a long time. I, we shouldn't have expected any, anything bad, and it was a very good match. And then afterwards, the Lucha Brothers challenged the Young Bucks at All Out to a ladder match, and that might be the match that decides the... AEW Tag Team Titles. I don't know. There has been no announcement of AEW Tag Team Championships, but I'm assuming because Jericho versus Hangman is going to happen at All Out for the AEW Championship, I believe that they might put other titles up as well. Now, none of that is confirmed. That's just my personal speculation. But I gave that match an 8 out of 10. Okay. Okay, next we have MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman, the guy who a lot of people think is the best heel in the business going right now, and there's a bald guy who wrestles in business casual who will tell you otherwise, but anyway, MJF teamed up with Sean Spears, formerly Ty Dillinger, Sammy Guevara, those three faced off against bad boy Joey Janela, the craziest man who ever lived, Darby Allen, and... I can't even read my own handwriting. I, oh, Jimmy Havoc. I'm sorry. Wow, that was a lot easier than I made it seem. Now, all these guys, I'm fans of all these guys. Joey Janela, personal friend of Lynn's. Darby Allen, great stuff. Jimmy Havoc, great deathmatch guy, showing the other side that he can wrestle straight up. Sammy Guevara, he can hit any spot you need to. Phenomenal athlete, great potential. He's going to be big. He needs to be a singles-type guy. And MJF, great heel, knows how to talk. 
Great, great job in the ring as well. Nothing to say. Now let's move on to Sean Spears, the former Perfect Ten. Now he goes by the chairman. Oh, do, do you get it? Because he hit Cody Rhodes in the head with a chair, so he's the chairman. That's clever. L- let me tell you what Sean Spears is. Sean Spears is lame. Sean Spears is boring, quite frankly. Th- there is no spice to his character. None. Sean Spears is the guy who goes out to dinner with everyone and orders a plain chicken sandwich. That's who Sean Spears is. Now, I got nothing against him. He's a good enough wrestler, but he couldn't get over as the perfect 10. Now, let me clarify that. He couldn't get over. The gimmick, the perfect 10, that got over. There are still people to this day that every time a ref starts counting, they say 10 for every number. Trust me, that got over. But him personally did not get over. And I don't see it happening in AEW either. That match was a 5 out of 10. Okay, other than Samuel Guevara nearly killing himself a few times, other than Darby Allen doing Darby Allen stuff, there were a couple moments in that match that were pretty cool. But overall, it didn't impress So 5 out of 10. Decent six-man tag match at best. Next, we have Hangman Page versus Kip Sabian. This was not a bad match, okay? I gave it a 6 out of 10. I want to give the rating first. It was 6 out of 10. Here's why I didn't like it. This was the most predictable outcome you could have possibly picked. Hey, who do we put the guy who's going to be the face of our company up against? Let's put him up against a kid in orange and green tights that looks like he weighs 48 pounds soaking wet that doesn't have a central character. Yeah, I wonder how this one's going to go. Now, granted, it might have just been a setup for him to get attacked by Chris Jericho because after the match, he got attacked by Chris Jericho. And that was a pretty decent piece of business. But overall, it was a 6 out of 10 match. It It was okay at best. Now, let me jump back into Chris Jericho. I'm going to talk about his appearance because after he attacked Hamman Page, he went in the back, got all dressed up, got his makeup, got everything on, came out, and then cut a promo on Hangman Page. Good enough promo. Jericho really annoyed the crowd. Great heel stuff. The thing that was a little interesting to me is he came out and claimed he had the blood of the Hangman on his hands, and it was clearly just magenta coloring or something. I don't know. I understand what they were trying to do. I, I really do. I get what they were trying to do. But it, it, it didn't come off like it should have, especially on, on TV. So, and he had a good enough promo. I gave him a 7 out of 10 on his appearance. Now let's get to one of the biggest talking points of the show. Okay? Listen up, as I say. Brandy Rhodes versus Allie. First of all, I don't know if you even want to call this a match. This was an absolute travesty. It was a disaster. And, but it is mostly pointed one way. Allie did everything she could to make this thing work. Allie did everything she could, and he just didn't. I'm, Brandy just didn't. Nothing was smooth. Nothing clicked, even with awesome Kong at ringside. That was a nice little pop, nice little moment. Hey, what might happen next? But it just, no. And then the spear air quotes, spear tackle bump into thingy that Brandy did to finish it was just, oh my goodness. 
Look, I gave it a two out of ten because Allie did everything she could. Other than that, oh my goodness. It was a bad look. A very bad look. And then it set up Awesome Kong. It set up the Kong versus Kong face down. That's probably going to be an interesting look. Okay. Now let's move on to the match of the night. And that is Kenny Omega versus Shima. You know, I I, I tweeted this, but I'm going to reiterate it here. Somebody asked me once, who is Shima and why did AEW hire him? Watch this match. That's why. Shima is an unbelievable world-class talent, just like Kenny Omega. Also, by the way, you know what else Kenny Omega is in AEW? He's the real top guy. It is not Hangman Page. I have a lot of respect for Hangman. I don't really have a problem with Hangman, but he is not top guy material yet to me in my personal opinion. Kenny Omega is the guy. I don't care that Paige is younger. This isn't the NFL. This isn't the NBA. What is Kenny, 33, 34? So what? Maybe he's older, 36, something like that. So what? Put the title on him. AJ Styles has basically been a Grand Slam champion in WWE. He's 40, okay? It doesn't matter. If you can go, you can go. This is a different business. But Kenny is the top guy. But him and Shima, man, I gave them a 9 out of 10. It was close to 10 out of 10. They tore the roof off that place. Everyone was in it. Spots you don't normally see. Shima threw meteoras everywhere. Kenny was throwing away V-triggers like they were candy. It was awesome. It is the only match that I will point out to you at this show and say, you need to go and watch that. Okay? And then we had the main event where Cody and Dustin Rhodes, the Brotherhood, teamed up for one last ride and faced the Young Bucks. Now, the Young Bucks went over, and this match was a 6 out of 10. You know why it was a 6 out of 10? I'll tell you why. Went a little too long. They tried to be nostalgic. They tried to put moves on it. It was a pretty cool to decent enough moment. But the buildup to this match, it just didn't vibe with me. I just didn't dig the buildup to this match. Is your basis for the feud really going to be, well, they make fun of everyone. Well, yeah, they're heels. Heels do that. Of course they do. Now, I'm not nitpicking and saying, you know, don't let heels be heels. No, I agree. It just the buildup just didn't fit for me. Because they tried to make it personal when it shouldn't have been personal. The better option was just to make this a match out of respect. That was the better option. So overall, this show gets a 6 out of 10. For those of you who have been to school, that's barely a passing grade. I mean, no, it wasn't that fantastic. It just wasn't. Fighter Fest was a better show. Double or Nothing was 18 million times a better show. Now, again, I'm not going back on my word. Everybody can have an off night. This does not mean the end for AEW. I'm not saying that. When the deal starts in October, the TNT TV deal starts in October and they're on every week, I will give them a chance. I am in no means burying this company. Yeah, there are a lot of people going, yeah, you're not burying them when you just buried them for 10 minutes. Hold on. I'm burying that show, all right? I don't want AEW to go down, but you got to make your bases different than we're not WWE. That that can't be your focus. And a lot of their storylines and ideas, 
are based on who is taking part, not what the storyline is. Okay? And here's a perfect example of that. The Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. We know they'll put on a good match. We understand that. They've had a rivalry for a little while. But that doesn't have anything to do with what the storyline could be. The, the buildup could be terrible. Here, I'll say the Rhodes versus the Young Bucks. The buildup was terrible, but everyone was excited just because of who was in the match. And then look at what happened last night in Philly. Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley literally almost tore down Wells Fargo Center. And that buildup to that match, other than Strowman putting Lashley through the raw set, really wasn't that great. But they turned. a lot of people said that was the best match of the night when I was walking out. I was asking people, hey, man, what was your number one? What was your number one? Everybody said, man, Lashley Strowman was, was crazy. They turned one of the most lackluster feuds over the past six months into one of the best matches of the night. AEW had free press because of the Rhodes Brothers and the Young Bucks. And instead of trying to capitalize on it, they just left it where it was and then had an okay match with some nostalgic moments and thought it would get by. And it did get by, but it wasn't what they wanted it to be. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I, I just, no, the show was not what it was meant to be. And now, to jump to something else. I just got to say, you know what? I'm not jumping to something else yet. Hold on. I'm, I'm staying here. Th this, and this isn't about the show. This is about the overall feeling towards AEW in the wrestling community, most of which is taken on Twitter. Man, you guys will do anything to make them look good. Absolutely anything. It's amazing to me. And... Some of it wasn't that good. You, you actually take a very conventional approach. You look at what was good. You try to explain what was mediocre. And then you act like what was bad didn't exist. That's what you do. There isn't a single AEW fan trying to defend Brandy Rhodes versus Ali, okay? Because that was an absolute tragedy. Terrible. It was a decent show at best. I will quote another Turnbuckle Topics member for a letter grade. It was a C show at best. Maybe D plus. It was not great. And when I'm talking D plus, I'm talking, I'm talking Tommy Callahan and Tommy Boy D plus. I'm going to graduate. <laughs> I wish we'd known each other. This is a little awkward. That's all. But no, as far as this weekend compared to your number one competition, WWE, you, you got smoked. Smoked. As the Street Profits would say, we want the smoke. You got smoked. Extreme Rules blew you out of the water. Man. Make sure you check out one of our good friends, Pro-Am Belts. We got a promo code for you, 15% off your own custom belt. TBT 15 off. That's TBT 15 off for your own custom belt. Now, when I come back, my phone lines are going to be open. Man, I would love you to try to defend your precious AEW if you wish. What did you think of Fight for the Fallen? What did you think of Extreme Rules? If you want to weigh in on Evolve, weigh in on Evolve. 
talk about the G1. The world is your oyster on this show. Give me a shout, 410-481-1300. That's 410-481-1300. Stick around. It's going to be fun. Moving north in the harbor and the Fort McHenry tunnels, there are major delays as well as in or out of D.C. on 295. That's still at 32 and still packed on 29 going up from Columbia to just past 100. Jammed on 100 moving north right below Ellicott City. Above Baltimore, jammed on the inner loop between North Charles Street and Providence Road. Slow from there over to Paring Parkway. With your traffic, I'm Nathan Scott on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Looking for a summer job but tired of working retail? Window Nation needs just 20 high-energy and driven and brand ambassadors who are ready to go. Weekly pay, on-the-spot bonuses, paid training. Earn up to $800 a week this summer while gaining valuable sales and marketing experience. Plus, receive $300 for every qualified referral. Text Street Team to 555-888. Once again, text Street Team to 555-888. Window Nation, a phenomenal place to work and the best place to grow. Monday night from 6 to 7, it's the top of the rope wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, once again, here's the enforcer, Gil Kuda Jr. Welcome back. So my phone lines are open. If you want to give me a call, 410-481-1300. I would love it if some of you tried to defend your precious AEW. And I'm sure uh, for some of you, uh, this is going to be a fun and hearty debate and a good conversation. And for some of the rest of you, it's a shame you have to die so young. So, if you want to do it, go ahead. I'd love to see you try to defend this show. I would. It was not all that fantastic. It wasn't. I got Reverend Keith with me. Reverend Keith, what's happening? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. What do you got for me? Good. Listen, uh, as far as the AEW show the other night, I would give it a six as well. It went way too long. I mean, it was, and the matches weren't that good. Uh, uh, Brandy definitely needs a lot of work, uh, as you said. Yes, you, know, you are. Timing was. <laughs> you are echoing all of wrestling Twitter, my friend. Trust me, a lot of us, a lot of us certainly felt that. Yes, and and even though uh, the Rose versus the Bucks was the main event, it it did not need thirty one and a half minutes to get to the finish. You know, it, it's no way. Uh, so, uh, but what you said about Kenny Omega, he's he's definitely. Uh, the top star in AEW, regardless of who they put their title on, uh, which will probably be Hangman, but uh, Omega should be the uh, their world champion. But maybe we'll get to that down the road. Uh, I wanted to shift gears real quickly to last night's show. I, I really yeah. thought that Extreme Rules exceeded expectations. Oh, you have no idea, especially me being there in person. Oh, you have no idea. Oh, oh I know you had a good time. Oh, it was I awesome. know you did. Yes. Yes, uh, I, I thought WWE did an excellent job putting this show on, and, uh, you know, I hope that they keep it up with SummerSlam, you know, because it was a very good show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get into that in my next uh, in my next breakdown here, man. But I, I, I got to ask, because uh, Lesnar cashed in at the end uh, on Seth yeah. Rollins. Now, somebody in my network pointed out very astutely, shout out to Tony, that... 
this is a four-year storyline that's finally been paid off effectively. Now, I'm curious if, let's say, Brock cashed in on Kofi Kingston. Now, the match really didn't leave that opportunity open. Kofi really wasn't all that beat up. But I'm curious, do you think the reaction would have been the same? Because I was there in person. When when Lesnar's music hit after the end of the main event, man, the place lost its mind for that. Yes. So I'm curious, do you think if he did it for Kofi Kingston, it would have the same reaction? No. Okay. Why, why, Why is that? I think that Kofi is really over right now, uh, more so than Seth. I think, as I shared last Monday with you, this whole storyline with Becky has set Seth back a little with the fans. Meaning, you know, this whole combining the two, you know, the, I know they're dating in real life, but they didn't have to make that into the storyline. You have couples all over WWE right now, married, going together, engaged, whatever. But I think it, it, it took some heat off of Seth because it's now Becky is the center of attention between the two champions, not Seth. So, therefore, I think that the, the fans, the reason why the place lit up last night, and you, you probably can attest to this, is because people see Seth uh, as not being as macho or as, I hate to say it, but... Uh, Maybe as masculine because of what is going on with this storyline. They don't see him as strong. That's the word I'm looking for uh, right now as, as Kofi. Kofi is on a roll. I mean, he's only lost one match, and that was in a tag match on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago uh, as far as televised matches since he took the strap off of Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you might have a point there. I think... I think it might have been a combination of a few things. One is, Seth right now, well, I actually think it's kind of a tie. It's a tie for me between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns as to who the safe guy to have the universal title is on. Uh, on it. Right. I, I think that's the tie right now. Now, Lesnar is kind of the third safe guy, but it's more based on his contract than how over he is is because of his deal you can kind of put it on him and use him when you need him and he'll show up when you need him to i think so i think part of it was they were just tired of seeing it on a safe guy i think that's one and the other is i think it was because it was a philly crowd and they were kind of hyped to see Heyman's boy (laughs) kind of go out i mean they there's the one of the biggest pops of the night was when Heyman came out in promo so that was you know I, i i hear that so all right keith i'm gonna i gotta let you go man all right thanks for calling in Thank you. Take it. All right. That is uh, the good Reverend Keith. Keith's good people. Keith knows what he's talking about. So uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to jump into I'm going to jump into to extreme rules as well. Keith set me up very nicely for that. So first of all, we had the pre-show, which featured two title matches. First, there was the Intercontinental title match between Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura. And those two did very well for themselves. And we have a new Intercontinental champion. As he would say, yo! Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, good for him. Shinsuke is all but a Grand Slam champion in WWE. Now, here's, he's two titles away. He needs a tag team title. And he needs the big one. Now, I don't know if we're quite there yet. 
Now, here's the interesting thing about both Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor. They've both been off TV for quite some time. Shinsuke really didn't make a change to himself. He's just kind of the same guy. I just think he's going to get more TV time now. Balor didn't make a change to himself either, which was a mistake. Mm, A mistake. Because he needs something. Finn, he's lost me. Personally, Finn Balor has lost me. He's an Irish guy in a leather jacket. He's lost me. I, I can't attend. And it's not just the demon. I understand. Bring out the demon. Bring out the demon. Okay, okay, fine. But no, he's lost me. Finn has lost me. I, I need something else with him. And now he lost his Intercontinental title. Now, people think that they're setting him up to join the club to join AJ Styles and Gallows and Anderson, to join the boys and put them all together. I would have absolutely no issue with that. That would be pretty cool. However, with Nakamura, now that he's Intercontinental Champion, I'm very curious what the next step is for him. Because he didn't need to change his character. I like this Nakamura. I like this heel Nakamura that we have right now. I think it works for him very well. And he's a singles guy. He's not a tag team wrestler. So I'm very curious. But those two, I'd say they had an 8 out of 10 match. I think they did very well for themselves. Good stuff. They did fine. I don't like that it was on the pre-show, but hey, good way to get people excited. I dig it. Now before I go into the next pre-show match, we have a man who basically deserves his own segment. Wes, what's happening, man? Hey, hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. What's on your mind this week? So Extreme Rules, I knew knew you were just talking about it. I felt Mm -hmm. like they kind of... um, didn't put any emphasis on the IC. I mean, they had to go first on the pre-show, then that's it. I, I, I think it was more because, and, you know, I hate sounding this technical about it, but the pre-show is what they run on the pay-per-view channel that everybody can see. Right. It's, it's naturally going to have a bigger audience. So I think that might have been the play. But also, quite frankly, Balor and Nakamura haven't been on television enough to really warrant it recently, which is right. very odd, especially for somebody who's Intercontinental Champion. And they kind of put it all together. Yeah, so I think they just kind of put it together and put it on first, and they did very well for themselves. They had a great match. Uh, I, I like the finish. I like the title swap. And now I expect to see a lot more of both of them in whatever they're going to do next. So I, I just think that right now it's kind of interesting how – it seems like they don't really know what to do with Nakamura to get him over as a singles guy. He, somebody needs to, to talk for him. I don't know. I don't know who. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who you would bring in to kind of be his mouthpiece. But mm-hmm. no, that's I, crazy. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I. I see where you're going with. I see where you're going with that. But I. I, I maybe. I mean. I just think I feel like. To, to be honest, uh, as much as I like the match, as much as I like the result, this seems a little bit fan-booked because yeah. what I mean by that is fans are like, well, give this guy a shot, and what they mean is put a title on him. Well, well you don't have to put a title on somebody to give him a shot. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing with the way the the rest of the evening turned out. Where do you go now with um, uh, Lashley and Strowman? Ah, well... Uh, I mean, that's that's an interesting one because, uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, these two could go again at SummerSlam and some other sort of tear the arena down match, and they could still make it work. Uh, I don't know if people would warm to that anymore. But 
I, they, they they could both use something a little different. It seems like Heyman really wants to bring back Monster Strowman again, and he's doing a very good job of that. And Lastly's doing himself a lot of favors, too. He's looked very good in these matches, even though he hasn't gotten wins. I think he's doing himself a lot of favors. But, I mean, as far as gold on Strowman, I, I don't really know. I think that, that ship has kind of sailed. Yeah, I mean, he he might be one of those characters where I'm not going to say gold is a detriment, but I'll say it's limiting. I mean, for example, I loved it when Bray Wyatt won the WWE title, but Mm -hmm. I could tell very quickly after he won it, it's kind of a limiting thing for him. Is it it kind of works better if he can just kind of go against anybody at any time for any reason? Right, but shouldn't the good ones have? At least the one at once. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I agree with you there. I mean, I, I I don't know if Braun is quite world title material right now. I mean, he, here's the deal. He should have had more by now than one tag team title reign with right. a nine-year-old kid for a night. Right. You know, he should have had exactly. more than that. And uh, I'm, I'm with you there. So hopefully something's coming for Braun. Uh, maybe they're setting him up for Brock for the, for the, for the big, you know, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla at SummerSlam. I don't know. Everybody but, keeps talking about Lashley and 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 Lesnar. I, I I'd know. like to I'd like to see Lashley and Lesnar myself. I think that would be a pretty good. I think that would be a good. Uh, that, that that would it would do well for itself because I, I think Bobby Lashley's been underrated for a long time. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I'd like to see that myself. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. So it, I mean, overall, it was a pretty good show. I expected, I guess, a little bit more from the women. Well, uh, the 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 Bailey Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross match, I think the reason why that match got such a tepid reaction, mm-hmm. and especially what I noticed in the arena being there in person, everybody was just hoping that Sasha Banks would come back. That was really it. That was really it's not everybody expected it too much. So like people were just wanted it too much. Yeah, I, I I think that's that's probably what what a good portion of it was. So I mean. From a strict wrestling standpoint, this was one of the best looks they could have given Bailey ever. I mean, she beat two people at once. I mean, if right, you want to get right. her over as a strong champion, this is how you do it. And there are people saying it wasn't a good look for her. No, you're just mad Sasha didn't show up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Exactly. But exactly. Uh, no, it was a great look for her. Okay. I'm interested to see how far they, like, where they go now. Yeah. Everybody's kind of in place. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Got to see where it goes. Yeah. I agree. I agree, man. So uh, that's all I got for today. All right, Wes. Thanks for calling in, man. All right. Take it easy. All right. That's Wes, another big-time wrestling fan. I, I actually I actually admire Wes because <laughs> I, I think he kind of had, like, one thing, and that was really it. And he's like, no, but I'm still going to call in. I'm still going to – I don't have as much as I normally do, but I'm still going to call in. You know, because a couple weeks ago, it, we thought it was – you know, he said he knocked on Aleister Black's door, and I was waiting for him in Philly, and – it wasn't him. It was Cesaro. But anyway, speaking of that, speaking of that, to move on with Extreme Rules, like I said, the second match of the pre-show was the Cruiserweight Championship featuring the Cruiserweight Champion Philadelphia's own Drew Gulak versus Tony Nese. Gulak defended his title in a match that I gave an 8 out of 10 because those two did very well for themselves. Gulak played the hometown crowd very well. Uh, and it, 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 they did very well for themselves. And the cruiserweights, I'm starting to think that we shouldn't take it as an insult that they're on the pre-show because they've made it their spot. 
the, they have owned it. Tony Nese started it. Drew Gulak is continuing it. As far as champions go, they've 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 made it their spot. The pre-show is two hundred five lives pay-per-view spot, and I I like how they made it that. But those two did very well for themselves. I have very few complaints there. Then, and again, no particular order, but I'm going to try. What opened the match? What or what opened the show? I'm sorry, the main show was Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. I got to tell you, man, standing there in person when Taker walked down, and you can label me whatever you want, man, my the, man, my hair still stands up. I, I still get chills from seeing his entrance in person, even after all these years, man. It's, it's, it's intense when he walks down. And they did very well for themselves. Now, Undertaker was not readily involved the whole time, as I didn't expect him to be. And by the way, I tweeted out that Undertaker hasn't lost a dang step. And he hasn't. To whoever you are that tweeted he's lost a lot of steps. No. No, he hasn't. There's a difference between the match being booked to make somebody look good and someone losing a step because they can't... And someone just not being able to do it anymore. In Rhodes Bucks... Dustin Rhodes looked like he may have lost a step. Okay? Now, they also didn't book it to help him out too much, but he looked like he may have lost a step. Undertaker, he ain't lost a step. He looked good. He was in shape. He did everything he needed to at 150%. Granted, he didn't have all that much to do, but that's how they booked him. Okay, fine. Man. Same concept as a pro athlete. A guy who's been doing it for 10 years, but he can still give you one down a series defensively? Guess what you do? You put him in for one down a series defensively, and you see if he can do something with it. You already paid him his money. You're not going to take the dead weight of his contract. He's going to be on the team. He's healthy. He can go. You might as well. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, that match did turn out a lot better than I thought it was. Now, the, the, I might have overrated this one. I'll admit I might have overrated this one. I gave it 8 out of 10. It was probably more like a 7. But the reason I gave it an 8 is because it finished It finished very well. You got all the Undertaker moments. Roman Reigns looked like a million dollars. Drew McIntyre proved he's the talent we all think he is. And Shane McMahon, like him or not, did an amazing job looking at absolutely scared senseless of the undertaker every time he got within 10 feet of him and everything fit together very nicely shane hit the flying elbow on taker to the announce table elias made a nice appearance hey man i i, I think that's it, it worked everything clicked very nicely that's why i gave it an eight then after that we had one of the tag team title matches the Raw Tag Team Titles, where the Revival faced the Usos. That was an 8 out of 10 match. They did very well for themselves. Paced it well. The Usos are... I like that they're not just putting the straps on the Usos. I like that they're just not doing that outright. Because they need to make the Revival look like the team that they really are. The Revival are an awesome tag team. A lot of hardcore wrestling fans know that. But the average fan doesn't, doesn't realize that. So they're trying to make them a good tag team. 
So there's competition when the Usos lose the t- when the Usos finally win the things. Because if they just put them right on the Usos, there wouldn't have been anybody else on Raw that could compete with them. So I, I like what they're doing, and they did very well for themselves. They did very well for themselves. Remember, check out a good friend of ours, Pro Am Belts. TBT15 off is our promo code for your own custom belt, 15% off. It'll get to you faster than you think. Great shipping. They run like Shane McMahon from Undertaker, man. That's TBT15 off Pro Am Belts. Check them out, proambelts.com. When I come back, I'm going to finish reviewing Extreme Rules. Then I'm going to go into Evolve a little bit, what we might see on Raw this evening, and a standings update on G1 Climax 29. Stick around. It's going to be fun. Deanna got some really bad news from the IRS. They said you owe quite a bit of money. She didn't have that kind of money. I was in a state of despair. And when she called, all she got were threats. Garnishing my wages, taking my house, taking my car. I didn't know if I was going to make it. Thankfully, Deanna found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over a half billion dollars for their clients. Optima went right to work for Deanna. Optima Tax negotiated everything. I did not have to worry. They talked to the IRS. Needless to say, she was relieved. Optima Tax saved my life. Do what Deanna did. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. If your pension plan is being changed or closed out, or if you're being offered a lump sum buyout, don't make a decision till you know your options. Did you know you could possibly do a rollover to your new employer's plan or to your own IRA? And in some cases, get more while creating a guaranteed lifetime income? Mike Kinnett, Ryan Herbert, and the team at ProStatus Financial can help find the best option for you and provide a solution to these issues that might be keeping you up at night. Right now, they're offering fan listeners a complimentary consultation to find out. Call 866-597-1040. Know your pension options. Call ProStatus Financial now at 866-597-1040 and ProStatusFinancial.com. Listen to Mike's Savvy Investor Radio Show Saturday morning at 7 and Sunday at 11 here on 105.7 The Fan. Advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. Securities offered through TCM Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through licensed professionals at ProStatus Group, LLC. If you're a fan of 105.7 The Fan, now's your chance to show Baltimore. Visit 1057thefan.com to purchase some of our cool fan gear to wear to your next O's game. This is Top of the Room. Every Monday night from 6 to 7 on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, give it up for the enforcer, Kill Kuda Jr. Welcome back to Top of the Rope. I'm breaking down extreme rules. So... Just finished talking about the Raw Tag Team titles. Now I'm going to talk about the SmackDown Tag Team titles. A lot of tag team wrestling at this event, man. The SmackDown Tag Team titles were decided in a triple threat tag team match between the current champions, the Planet's champions, Eric Rowan and the new Daniel Bryan versus the New Day, 
versus heavy machinery. Now, myself and my good friend, Mr. Ron Musto, were really hoping that heavy machinery would come out on top because if you don't think Otis, if you don't think Otis is awesome, what are you doing? Otis is just a wonderful thing in professional. He's incredible. However, the New Day won themselves gold again. Six-time WWE World Tag Team Champions. So I'm just saying, New Day is really working their way up this ladder in the best of all time. Now, granted, we all know that they held that they hold the record for longest reign because of the lawsuit with you know the the Road Warriors. Okay, fine. But other than that, man, they've been awesome. I didn't expect them to win. They were my least expecting to win this match, but they did. And that match, I'll give that one about a seven and a half out of ten. Wasn't quite an eight. Very well done. Great spots. I mean, everyone just tore it up. Otis was great. Rowan had his moments. Daniel Bryan always brings his best. You know, I mean, who who could have figured? But man, they they did awesome. So seven and a half out of ten for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Then, after that. Alistair Black versus Cesaro. This was everything we wanted it to be. This match was awesome. It was just, it was awesome to see. I'm just saying. Alistair got the win over Cesaro. I think a lot of us expected that, but hey, they did great. And I liked the out of nowhere finish. I think that was very apropos. This was, they made it very much a competitive match. It was very back and forth. You never really knew what was going to happen when. And the out-of-nowhere finish was very appropriate for it. So I don't think these two are done yet. I hope they're not. But they did very well for themselves. Alistair got a great look. Cesaro got a great look. Because at this point, I don't think Cesaro is going to get himself a winning gimmick at this point. I think he's a little bit too too far up the age ladder. I think it's... But he could be the guy that makes some young guys look very good in some very high-quality matches. And I think he'll be more than happy to take that role as a singles guy. But he's still holding up the sideways thumb for the bar. So I feel like whenever Sheamus can come back, those two are going to reunite in a heartbeat. And I wouldn't have a problem with it. Because both shows need another tag team. Whether it's Raw or SmackDown, they need another tag team. And the bar would be great on either show. Next... I'm just going to talk about this because this is out of order, but I'm going to talk about this. Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler had a match that wasn't on the card originally. At least I don't think it was. And Kevin Owens beat Dolph Ziggler in about 10 seconds. They came down, started the match. Kevin Owens hit him with a stunner, and that was it. And then he cut a promo tearing Shane McMahon apart. And everybody loved it. Kevin Owens is the biggest face in the company right now. It only took him 48 hours to to become it. it. It's... It's just awesome what he's been doing, and I think it was a great little thing. So I gave the whole moment a 7 out of 10 overall because the match could have been a little bit longer, but the promo was really what carried it. Then we have the SmackDown Women's Championship match where Bayley faced Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a handicap match for her SmackDown Women's Championship. Bayley retained. I'm glad she did. Now, Bailey didn't get the greatest reaction when she came out. And by that, I mean it was a lot more quiet than you'd expect. Nobody booed her, but it was a lot more quiet. Alexa, but man, Philly was all in for Alexa Bliss, man. <sighs> Philly wanted Alexa to win that one. And Nikki Cross, they, did, they all did very well for themselves. I, I, I give the match a 7 out of 10. It was a pretty good match. But the problem is, everybody was just hoping Sasha Banks came back. Now, I don't care if she comes back or not. That's her call. But 
the only thing that would get under my skin if she came back and everybody went nuts is everyone would immediately forget how long she stayed away for a reason that, in my personal opinion, is quite honestly pretty small as far as your wrestling career goes. And they would all just forget it and be happy to see her again. Now, that's the nature of, of wrestling and sports. Hey, you did something we don't like. We hope we never see you again. But if you're good enough and you come back, nobody cares because you're good enough. And, and I get that. I totally understand it. I would hold no grudges if anybody acted like that. But I wouldn't be afraid to come on my show and say that you were also the people who said, I hope she never comes back. And then she came back and you're the first ones cheering for her. And none of that ever happened, right? Okay. So I think that's what took a lot of the steam out of that match, so to speak, is everybody was just hoping Sasha Banks showed up. And she didn't. And people were not happy with that. I don't know why. They did very well. Bailey beat two women at once. I mean, it's tough to give somebody a stronger look. But that kind of went by the wayside, especially in the arena when I was there, because everybody just wanted Sasha. It was, it was an interesting feel. Then to move on, the WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe in a really cool back and forth match. Samoa Joe always brings his best. Kofi Kingston, to me, every week proves why he's WWE Championship material. This guy really is that good. He can change up how he does promos. He, he's the total package. I hate to use such an overused term, but he is. He's the total package. And he proved it again. And now New Day has all the gold. Good for them. And I gave Kofi and Samoa Joe, I gave them an eight because they did awesome. It was a great match. Samoa Joe got everything he needed. Also, by the way, I want to reiterate this. I've talked about this with members of my network. I believe uh, I talked about it with Beardface, Chris Pinero, on our, half, halfway, on our halfway through the year special. That Samoa Joe is untouchable when it comes to how over he is. When it comes to big matches in big spots, more often than not, he's lost them. And that doesn't matter to the fan base at all. Everyone still chants Joe. Everyone still wants to see him. He's still that good. This is why they keep putting him in these spots. Because they know if he loses, it won't matter. Everyone still wants to see him. He is untouchable. He is that kind of a talent. Which means one day, when if he does get to hold the big one, ooh, that's going to be a heck of a run. Now let's talk about the main event. The Universal Championship and the Raw Women's Championship were both on the line in a no-holds-barred, extreme-rules, mixed-tag-team match. That's a mouthful, but hey. As Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin tried to win titles off of Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Now, I'm not going to name names, but... I listened to a piece of audio from another member of my industry, for lack of better term, who nitpicked this match quite a bit, talking about how it wasn't consistent, how the rules seemed to change very, you know, and because one of the things they mentioned was that men can't hit women. And women can't, you know, that's the idea. 
Now, that was not held up. I don't know why anybody, I don't know why he thought it would be held up. First of all, it's anything goes. It's no hold, it's extreme rules. Anything goes. So I'm pretty sure anybody can hit anybody with anything. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. But then he goes on to go, but then why do you have to tag each other? Well, if we want to be really technical and nitpicky like you are, I didn't see this listed as a tornado tag match. I just saw tag match, which means you had to tag. Tornado tag means you don't have to. means everybody's in at the same time. I didn't see that, if you really want to get technical. Secondly, why does that matter to you? It's the main event. It's the biggest match of the night. They're going to hit each other with every object they can get their hands on. It's a Philly-based show in the home of the Broad Street Bullies. Do you really think we're going to follow the rules to the letter? And again, as I have said once, I will say it again. Stop watching this product if you are going to base it in reality. It is not meant to be based in reality. You are not supposed to look at this and go, but that's not how it's supposed to Shut. Just, ah. Uh, no. They're going to do what makes a good show. That's why Baron hit Becky with an end of days. And the whole place just gasped. Baron Corbin did his finisher move, which is quite savage looking, to be honest, to Becky Lynch. And Seth Rollins got a look on his face that said, I might legitimately kill this man after that happened. And that's what he did. He beat Baron Corbin within an inch of his life, as far as kayfabe is concerned. And then he won the match. But what what are we doing here? Are we really looking at rules and saying what announcers are pointing out like that matter? Really? When has that ever mattered in this industry? When? When has that ever? And then you're mad that there were no consequences that Baron Corbin hit Becky Lynch? Really? One of the most important spots in the match, one of the biggest reaction grabs you could possibly see, and you're mad that the ref didn't stop the match and go, that's not allowed. Really? Is this really what you're doing? And here's the other thing. The whole basis of what you said was based off of how it was dumbed down for WWE fans. But if you listen to what you're saying, you're talking about what you don't understand. When you talk about what you don't understand and then claim it's about dumbing it down for other people, you're part of the other people. Wow. I just, it amazes me. But the main event was a lot better than we expected. No, it wasn't overly incredible. I know a lot of people are tired of seeing Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in big spots, but that's why the stipulation was what it was. If they lose, they don't get any chances at the titles anymore. Okay, fine. Right? Right. And they lost. But guess what? If they change that condition, because remember, they made it a condition of the match, guys. It was a condition of the match that if they lose, they never get a shot again. Well, guess what? If they go back on that promise and give them a shot anyway, guess what that's called? That's called wrestling. It's called this is good for TV, so forget what we said last week. They do it all the time. I don't know why this is a problem. Why is consistency important in an industry where unpredictability is one of their best factors? I don't understand that. Is that really what you're looking for? 
Do you really want to turn on Monday Night Raw and see a list-by-list show that's the same routine every week just so you can understand it? And then to have the audacity to claim that it's dumbed down for other people, but you want it dumbed down for yourself? Whew. Imagine. Imagine being in that position. Man, you can't just watch it and let it roll and either like it or not. Nope. Wow. Well, anyway, that's a a a 7.5 out of 10 the main event they did better than we thought Seth and Becky got the win and then what happened after the match Brock Lesnar comes down with Paul Heyman to cash in money in the bank and the roof came off the joint I know I was there the roof came off the joint I get Brock Lesnar's cash in a 9 out of 10 it was just a really cool moment he hit a couple suplexes hit an F5 beat him cool we're done it's exactly what they needed to do one of the cleaner cash ins I've ever seen very well done Now, there is a match I didn't describe, but that's because I brought it up earlier when I was talking to Wes, and that was Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, Last Man Standing, where Braun Strowman quite literally power slammed Bobby Lashley off like the roof of one of those concourse entrances, (laughs) just all the way off. And then Strowman comes out and bursts out and screams and everybody went nuts and Strowman won the match and it looks like Monster Strowman is back. That match I give an 8 out of 10. That was very well done. I had to put that in there. So I believe that is basically the entire show. Now tonight on Raw, Brock Lesnar is scheduled to make an appearance with Mr. Heyman. I'm excited for it. Now here's the other thing. Expect a lot of good programming in the next... in in the next six weeks or so. Here's why. The next WWE pay-per-view is SummerSlam. They don't have a pay-per-view until the the middle, I'm sorry, the end of August. We got time. They can build some things up. And I know they're paying attention to that. Also, next week on Raw, not this Raw, but next week, is the Raw reunion where they bring back all these old superstars, and I believe it is the first Raw that Eric Bischoff is in charge of. Although I think this Raw might be the first one he's in charge of, because I believe the deal was he takes over after Extreme Rules. Or I'm sorry, no, Heyman's in charge of Raw, I'm sorry. The, first, the SmackDown, tomorrow night, is the first one Bischoff is in charge of. Got a little confused there, my bad. So I, I'm curious. But tonight, Lesnar's going to show up. Seth is definitely going to be in the building. Becky's going to be in the building. We're all waiting on Bray Wyatt. He hasn't done a Firefly Funhouse in a while, which is a shame. But his puppets have been popping up everywhere. Because we all do it now. Whenever you see just a shot of someone in the back walking down the hallway, we're all looking behind him like he's one of the puppets there. Because that's how it's been working for him so far. Now... Real quick on Evolve, I kind of got to do an overall on Evolve here because I can't go match by match, but it was a heck of a show. Great tribute for 10 years. It's an awesome promotion. Please check it out if you get a chance. I'm lucky enough they come into my area a lot, being in Baltimore and being that they're based in New Jersey. I'm lucky enough they work with Maryland Championship Wrestling and and things like that around here. But go back and watch it, man. It, it, It was a heck of a show. Adam Cole versus Akira Tozawa for the NXT Championship. Austin Theory versus J.D. Drake for both the WWN and Evolve titles. Those names might not mean very much to you, but I guarantee you, you're going to want to go see Austin Theory wrestle. I guarantee you that. 
All right. That is it for me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out of here. I'll see you next week. Thank you to my callers. Thank you for everyone listening. Thank you, Nick, for driving the boat. Thank you, Philly, for hosting me. I'm out of here! The preceding was a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. CBS Sports Radio 1300 is WJZ AM Baltimore, WJZ FM HD3, Cajunsville, Baltimore. Your home for Towson University Sports and live sports talk around the clock.